Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. First Peter chapter two, verse 11, it says this, dear friends, I love that, another version, beloved, you could go either way, I urge you, I like urge, another version, I beg you, as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires, amen, see you everybody, have a good week, no, just kidding, all right, <laughs> it's like I'm Pollyanna, do you ever see the preacher on Pollyanna, death comes unexpectedly, <laughs> anyway, so that's what I think of when I hear that. Abstain from sinful desires. See you later. All right. Sorry. All right, we keep going. I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires, which wage war, <sighs> wage war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And God, we thank you for your word. And we ask that it would, this, these ideas that Peter writes would become revelatory for us today. God, we pray, Lord, that we truly would be people that abstain from sinful desires. God, we pray that as Peter challenges these Christians in exile, these disciples who are scattered and are going through persecution, God, that we too, in our day, in our time, would heed this wisdom. And we ask, Lord Jesus, that you would help us as followers of Jesus as disciples in the present tense, following Jesus, we ask that you would help us. We honor you and we love you. And Radiant Church said, amen. So here's my question. Have you ever had one of those days where the war that Peter talks about right here, waging war on sinful desires, is hard? Like, have you ever had one of those days where you feel like you're losing that battle? Like, have you ever had one of those days where... Peter says here this term that wages war against your soul, abstain from sinful desires. And it's, it's strong language. It's not sinful desires that want to just kind of prick your heart or kind of just take you down a little detour. It's strong language here that wage war. It's, it's violent. It's these sinful desires that want to destroy you. Actually, in three chapters, 1 Peter 5, 8, he's going to say Satan prowls around like a roaring lion seeking to devour you. It's a common theme in Peter's mindset that sin is out to destroy you. It's not out to just kind of hurt you. It's not a small thing. It's out to crush you. And he uses this language of wage war against your soul. And so I just want you to think about your own life and see, is that ever a part of one of those days where it feels like maybe you're losing that battle, that in your own life, there is a war inside of you, that we are all in this battle, in this war, where we've just come out of the verse where Peter has declared to us who we are 
And so he's saying with strength, you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are God's special possession. And because of who you are, it impacts what you do. And you and I know that is our identity. That's what we talked about last week. Sometimes we live in this battle where who we are and what Christ has done in us. We do have new life. We are in Christ. And yet we still face this battle. And Peter uses this language as war, as sinful desires that war against your soul, that war against you. You've got a battle. It's a battle that's within you. D.L. Moody, the famous preacher said, I have more trouble with D.L. Moody than any other man I know. Okay, so inside, I got this war going on. Because <laughs> like, deep inside of me, I've got this desire. I've got this, I've been regenerated. I've got new life in Christ. <laughs> and yet, and yet on a regular Thursday afternoon or Friday night or Saturday morning or Sunday night, I find these temptations. I find, man, I can't, what, what is this war within me? And so when you think about your own life, I don't know, all of us could just go down the line and go, I, sometimes, I, yeah, I, I, I've got this new life in Christ, but pride, I, I, man, I still love to just tell people how awesome I am. It's one of my favorite things. I, I don't know why. I, I mean, I'm saved, I, I think. I mean, I, mean, I am, and, but I just, I love it. Like, it's one of my favorite things to talk about myself. I just, I, I, am, I, I feel like I am awesome, and, and I, I don't know. Other, other people, you're like, well, I, I, I am saved. I, I, I do have new life in Christ, but um, I, I, I still want everything. I, I like the mall more than I like church. I mean, I, I, I got greed all up in me somehow, and I, I just I kind of I fight that battle. And others of you might think, well, I'm, I'm, I'm redeemed. I'm, 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 I'm following Jesus. I got new. I am based upon the finished work of Christ. And it is true. You are redeemed. I am a holy nation. I am a royal priesthood. I got access to God and there is no longer anything keeping me from knowing him. But man, I struggle with this lust and I am constantly in this battle, these sinful desires that, man, I mean, it's just, it's just real. And I just, I just can't, I just, oh, it's a fight. Some of you are like, you know how often gluttony is talked about in the scriptures as like sin? Like it's, it's almost comical. Like it's listed. We don't list it because we're Americans. We're like, what's up? That's, just, that's life. That ain't gluttony. That's just a good time. But some of us were like, what is it in me that whether it's lust or greed or pride or gluttony or you pick the thing, pick the thing that you struggle with, anger. Man, what? I don't, I got this. And we'll blame it on something else. We'll blame it on, well, I just haven't had enough sleep, haven't had my vitamins, I, runs in my family. My, well, my kids are crazy. You know, like we just, we got all kinds of reasons, but at the core, it's just plain old anger. It's just, it's just sinful desire. You just go down, just kind of, why am I staring at this screen? Why? 
Scripture calls it sloth. Why can't I get out of bed today? How, how, how many times, how many shows have I watched? You know, like, and, and all these things are a window into this battle, this, this war that goes on inside of us. And so here's Peter. And I love the language that Peter's using when he says wage war. And I just want to highlight it as there is a very real battle in you. There's a, a war against your soul. That's the language. And it's, those things are not cute. They're not just kind of this. It's like, it's like Papa Peter here wanting to look at these Christians, these believers, and he's wanting to say, hey, these things are out to destroy you. Don't love these things. Don't cherish these things. Abstain from these things abstain from them. These things will hurt you. These things are not worth it. And so I want to invite you to just listen to Papa Peter here. Listen to the apostle Peter who's speaking and apply it to your life. Like what are the things that I hold on to? Honestly, that even first Peter five could destroy me. And God help me to hate what you hate that I might abstain that those things will not mess me up. When I was in high school, um, uh, I went with one of, some of my buddies. We were all gathering to set up. Uh, I feel like my whole life is setting stuff up. But anyway, uh, we were setting up a beach weekend. And in high school, I had a mullet. And uh, I was Oklahoma. And uh, so I had a mullet. And uh, my, my buddy, his name was Brian, and he had a pickup. Sounds like Oklahoma, right? And um, so he had this pickup and we were setting up for this beach weekend and I'd gone and uh, I'd, I'd gotten a, a burger and fries and a Coke, which, you know, sort of better days. Um, just kidding. And, uh, and, and, I, and I, I took it with me and, uh, to this beach setup and we were setting things up and we were gonna move across the parking lot of the high school. And so Brian said to all of us, there's about six or seven guys. He was like, hey guys, uh, jump in the pickup and I'll drive you over to where we were putting down sand for, for sand volleyball. And um, so I jumped in the back and I had my burger in hand. And uh, all of a sudden, as we're driving across the high school parking lot, my friend Brian, he starts swerving like being, you know, stupid 16 type stuff, you know, like silly, awful. And, uh, and I had this sitting in the bed of the pickup, sitting in the back of the with all my friends. And, and all my friends had the common sense to hold on. You know, like, okay, stupid 16-year-old, like, starts driving crazy, being goofy, and, like, hold on. Um, I was sitting on the tailgate, and, uh, let's talk about stupid 16, and, uh, and I don't know why, but for me, um, I love burgers, right? And, uh, <laughs> and, you know, like, I was a pastor's kid, so, like, you know, like, I was used to, like, waters and hamburger helpers, so every burger meant a lot to me, you know, and so... I, 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 I don't know why this happened. I don't know why I didn't think quicker, but kind of in stupidity, I just held on to that burger and I held on to that Coke and I did not drop them and hold on. I just held on to these, which when the swerve happened, I just slid right off, didn't hold on, held on to the burger, found myself skidding across the asphalt like this, no broken bones, but I had a lot of blood and scratches everywhere, but I had that burger right there, baby. <laughs> Mm -hmm. 25 illustrations for, or points for that illustration but here's this one that burger wasn't worth it you know what I'm saying like there was a lot of blood on my back 
it was a painful day. <laughs> and it was only like a few minutes later that I was going, that was stupid. <laughs> Next time, drop burger, hold on. Burger doesn't matter compared to back. Back better than burger. <laughs> because a teacher from the school is like, what happened to you? And all of a sudden now I'm all hurt and broken up and bleeding. And here's what I want to tell you. If, if you could see from a higher perspective and you could talk to you, you would be like Peter who would say, hey, Abstain from sinful desires. Those things you're holding on to, that burger you will not let go of, it's not worth it. It's gonna hurt. It's have to, it, the, the, the enemy prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And we come oftentimes to the scripture, to a small group, to spouse, and we kind of got reasons why I'm gonna cherish this burger. I'm gonna hold on to it. Here's your preacher for today. <laughs> let go of that burger. Like, just let go. It's not worth it. And come before God and say, all right, God, what do you want to do in me? Comb through these things that don't look like Jesus. What are the things that you want to do? In me? How, what am I holding on to <laughs> that's not worth it? What am I holding on to? And I love the way that Peter says this because he says, I urge you or I beg you. So it's almost like he takes it up a notch here. I urge you. Or I, I beg of you. And he's giving, he's taking it up. Like, hey, if I know anything, hey, I know this. Hey, abstain. Abstain from these. I mean, like, like sojourners or foreigners or strangers in the land, uh, exiles. Guys, you don't belong here. Here's what you need to do. Abstain from these things that are not who you are or where you're going. Let go. Let go of them. I urge you, I had this. Dad, one time, uh, we had a, an intern that did a bunch of pranks in my internship in Colorado, and I was about to kick him out, and I told him I was about to kick him out, and, and I was like, you can't do pranks like that, and, and so uh, I told him, you know, he's on probation, and he had to be perfect, or else, you know, we were going to kick him out, and, and I told him, but well, chances are, because, you know, really, that was really dumb, and, and, and you know, we're not, we just don't do those things, and so, I mean, I looked at him face to face, I mean, he was a big, you know, kind of tough, tough dude, and and he said, all right. And then his dad flew into Colorado Springs to meet with me. And so I sat in Colorado, in this coffee shop in Colorado Springs. And I was like, how you doing? And he was like, hey, I flew to Colorado to beg you not to kick out my son. My son, and then he just went, you know, my son's got potential. My son, he's a man of God. I know he's dumb as a doornail, but he's a good boy, you know? And I just listened and listened and listened. And then I got up all up in his face and I was like, if I let your son stay, your son better stop doing this and stop doing that and stop doing this. And he was like, I promise you, I'll, I'll tell him he's going to get And I was like, so you and me a team now? And he was like, yeah, we're a team. You're not against me? He's like, no, 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 that boy, no more pranks, nothing. I was like, all right, all right. And here, so he, now he's a pastor in Texas. So anyway, the son, uh, it's one of my good friends, actually. It's amazing how grace works, but, <laughs> but it's kind of like that. It's kind of like he's, He's like, it's like I, I, that, that dad had, I flew here to say something. I'm begging of you. Here's Peter. Hey, scattered abroad. Hey, I know, I, I know you got the temptation to give in to sinful desires, but I know I want you to catch something. You got to abstain. 
Like, don't, don't, don't do those things. Those things will crush you. Here we take Peter's words. We look at it in our own lives. And I just want to invite you to begin to ask the question, okay, what does it look like for me to care about my own soul? What does it look like for me? And what are the things that I could distance myself from that are out to destroy me? Holy Spirit, help me think through, comb through. What are, what are the things that I justify? What are the things that I tolerate? What are the things that I've got some kind of reason why I say it's okay instead of I desire to be transformed to look like Jesus? Instead of Jesus, take all of me. Instead of Jesus, if there's anything in me that doesn't look like you, I want it to be changed into the likeness of Christ. I wanna be transformed. I wanna look like you. And I wanna just invite you to begin to ask yourself, what if you paid more attention to your soul? Like I know you got a lot going on, but we pay a lot of attention to our outside things. Like let's make sure that we get the outside right. Boom, you gotta get the the jeans right. They got I mean, I've seen some of y'all in your 60s wearing skinny jeans now. It's happening. I don't care who you are. I know some guy, it's, I mean, it's happening. Get the hair right. Got to get the teeth right. Get the skin right. Clothes right. Everything on the outside, let's get it right. I want to invite you to think this way. What happens if you put greater passion, desire, emphasis, work, diligence, abstinence, into God, I want to get the inside right. God, I, 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 wanna, I, want, I want these desires that do not look like Jesus to be out of me. I, 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 don't, I, I don't want to give them permission to take over my life. And so first idea here that I see in the text is just this idea to recognize the war for your soul. It's the way that Peter says it. Abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul. So David, what is my soul? So your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. All right? So you are a spirit. You've been saved by grace through faith. You are a spirit. You, you are on your way to heaven. You, you are a spirit. You live in a body, and you have, and you have a soul. Your mind, your, your will, your emotions, And so there is this battle for your mind, your will, and your emotions. Maybe you could think of it as, all right, I've got all these things that I do to get my my outer world right. What things do I need to do to get my inner world right? Psalm 103 says it as like your innermost being. Listen to this. Praise the Lord, my soul, and then all my inmost being. My soul, all that's within me, praise his holy name. And so you've got Peter here and he's, he's challenging. There is a real battle. And I think when it comes to us figuring out how, how do we wage war? How, how, how do we abstain first recognize that it's a real battle? And it's a fight for everybody. Sometimes the enemy comes along and says, it's just you. You know, everybody else is singing this song, oh, the overwhelming Never ending, reckless love of God. Yeah, you know what? They're all good people, but you, you just can't. You lame, you pathetic, you know the story. You know what you did, right? And so sometimes in shame, we back off, we give up, we slow down our intensity, our pursuit of Jesus. But here's the reality. 
we're all in a process of being transformed. We're all in this process where we're in this relationship with Jesus and it's this ongoing battle. And I wanna invite you, keep waging war. Don't stop and don't allow the enemy to discredit you because it's a battle and all of us are in it. And I'm encouraged even as I was reading this week about even Paul. Like if I were to read this text and you weren't to know that it was Paul, you'd be like, that guy's got issues. Listen to Paul. Listen to the way he talks. This is Romans 7. Listen to this. This is Paul talking, all right? I have the desire, I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For, for I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this lot work, although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, there it is, inner, for in my inner being, I delight in God's law. Yeah, in terms of who I am, yeah, my, I am a royal priesthood. I am a chosen nation. I, that is who I am, but I see another law work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me. Here's the answer. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thank God I got Jesus, right? He's the one who delivers me. You're in a battle. Jesus is the answer. And even Paul had this battle. Don't let the fact that you're in a battle cause you to give up. At the same time, be the person that's got this love for Jesus that is so alive that you're still on the offensive and saying, I wage war against sinful desires. I'm not gonna, I, 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 I desire, I want God to do a work inside of me. And it is him that does the work. Look at this. This is one of my favorites. First Thessalonians talks about your soul. This is Paul talking. He says this, verse 23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body, there it is, those three again. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, look at this. He who calls you is faithful, he will surely do it. So what's the answer? God at work in me. God, I give you my, you've got me, be at work. Jesus, be at work. This is not my own willpower, but Jesus, be at work change me, strengthen me, have, ha, take, take over my life. Man, my whole spirit, soul, and body, and give emphasis, attention to that inner man. And I'm inviting you as a 21st century American where everybody takes a billion selfies and cares so much about what they look like, I am inviting you to care 10 times, 100 times more about inside than outside. I am inviting you to one thing lasts for eternity and one lasts not much longer. Like, I don't care how good looking you are. I don't care how cool your clothes are. It's not gonna last long. But eternity, forever and ever, right? I mean, it's what matters. Inner world, matter. 10,000 times, ten, I mean, a big number time compared to outer world. All right. One more text, Hebrews 6, because I just love the way the writer of Hebrews gives this imagery. Where in, in Hebrews 6, 19, he explains Jesus as the anchor of our soul. 
So who, do, who does the transformation? Jesus transforms us. Jesus takes up residency in us. Jesus be at work inside of me. It's you that does the work. All right, I am in a battle. You do the work. And then he, the author of Hebrews comes along and he says, Jesus is the anchor of your soul. And here's why I love that. Because an anchor isn't seen. <laughs> like, and so like, it keeps me from moving, but the anchor of my soul goes deep down. And in the same way, Jesus, you're my anchor. And I, I may not be able to see right now, but you're what anchors me. You're the anchor of my soul and I trust in you. So recognize I am in a war. It is not child's play. It's not funny. I know that it's oftentimes where we're like, well, it's just me. It's just the way I've always been. It's just her. It's just, no, no. Listen, listen, picture Peter. No, 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 no. I urge you. I beg you. Picture the dad pays money, get on the airplane to scream at the intern director. <laughs> that, I, listen, I care. Listen, I beg of you. I urge you. Abstain. It's gonna, it's gonna mess you up. Let go of that. Let go of that burger. Here's the second one. Think like foreigners and exiles. And this is the way he says, he says, as foreigners and exiles. This is a window into how to abstain. C.S. Lewis said, on the journey of life, God will provide us with pleasant ends but they are to never be mistaken for home. So we don't use the word ends very much. So let me say it differently. On the journey of life, God will provide, God will provide uh, for us, or let's say uh, the Hyatt, some five-star hotels, but they're never to be mistaken as home. Here's the idea that he's saying. You got these moments and Peter's talking about, we are, we're foreigners with, we're exiles, but this is not our home. Like the day that you said yes to Jesus, Jesus takes up residency in you, you become a resident of heaven. So where you're going, your home is heaven. It's not earth. And if home be heaven, then the values of heaven are higher than the values of earth. So if that be true, it impacts how we live because there's no place like home, like where I'm going is home. What I value is home. And, and this might be nice, but this isn't home. And so it reframes how we do life in our 75, 85, 90 years on planet earth. No, 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 no. Uh, the things of earth grow strangely dim compared to where I'm going. I don't have a value system for these, these sinful desires, these things on earth that all the people around me are valuing because my value looks different. I, and, and what I value looks different. I find my value in a different place from Christ and I value what he values. Therefore, I live differently. It's different. January 2016, I uh, took a trip to Israel with a bunch of young adults. And it's in Israel, they didn't seem to care much about the NFL playoffs, but I did. And uh, they seemed to care about some other sports that I didn't care about. But I cared about the NFL playoffs in January, like that's a big deal. And so though I should have been the good leader that went to bed early and got up early, I took some guys at midnight to go find a little restaurant that happened to be playing the NFL playoffs live. And we went to this little tiny cafe where they, <laughs> they were playing the NFL playoffs. You know, wanna know why? Because I valued the NFL playoffs because I wasn't from Israel, I was from the USA. And in the USA, that's the sport that we care about, right? And so I was watching it there. 
And so you got a whole majority of the whole nation that doesn't care, but there's a little pe- some people that are from another, another nation. They're from another place and we're all watching it together and we're all talking American talk. <laughs> we're speaking the same language. We know who the players are. We, we know what's going on. We know the AFC and the NFC. We know what the Super Bowl is. We know who the player, we got that we know this. We're from a different land. So this is what we care about. Y'all can, you can play whatever sport you want. I don't really, that means nothing to me. Here's what matters to me. You and I, we gather together on Sunday morning and we care about a whole different sport. Everybody else, they're like, what? I care about wealth and I care about looking good and I care about comfort. Here's what I care about. There is a king and he is the Lord of all and this is what lasts forever. I'm playing a whole different sport and we're this little cluster of people that gather together and we celebrate differently, we care differently and these other things are strange. Why? Because we're from another land and we're going back I was going back in two weeks. I didn't try to learn the league in Israel. I didn't try to learn the systems. I didn't try to learn their sports. Hey, I'm going back to the nation, the way that we play football. That's what we do. That's a little bit different. What? That's you. I'm going back. I'm going to spend eternity. So I'm, I said yes to Christ. I am in Christ. I'm a new believer. Yes, I've got this journey where I'm, where the enemy is trying to take me out and I've got this war within me, but I know where I'm going. Peter goes, this will help you. This will help you on your journey. Number one, there is a war. Number two, you're from a different place. You're strangers, aliens, foreigners, sojourners. The way you measure is different. The way, what you value is different. And that helps you. As you go through your week, as you go through your journey, value things differently. That helps you. I'm from another age. I'm from a different time. And then this last one is he says this, live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits. Here's what I love. Peter has the lost, the pagans, the the Gentiles in mind. So he's saying, this isn't just about you. This is what, I mean, I don't know what it looks like. If, I, if, if you're Peter and you know what it is to have Jesus look you in the eyes, Matthew 16, John 21, and he's telling you about building the church. He's telling you to feed my lambs. In Acts 2, you're making the big announcement at Pentecost and it's all of a sudden the people are hearing the gospel and thousands are added to the number that day. And Peter's got this mission for people to know Jesus. And Peter even takes this conversation about personal waging war against sinful desires and he turns it to the why. He goes, here's the big why. I want people who don't know God to see your life and glorify God in heaven when he returns. You mean this is bigger than me? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm a big deal. Not really. He's a big deal. And you've got a mission. Me? Yeah, you. Nah. You need what my little choices in this quest to be a resident alien in this quest to say no to sin matters? <laughs> yeah, why? Because when they see it in you, they'll glorify God in heaven. When all of us, when the church gets stronger, this church gets brighter and becomes more irresistible, irresistible to the world. So your little choices, yeah, my little choices. Because every, like every coach knows you get everybody on the team to play better or, and individually, the chances of the team winning go up, right? Here's the reality. 
Trust me, I know. I, I went to coach my son Dawson's basketball team and they said, would you like to be in which league, A, B, or C? And I said, well, what do they mean? They said, C's the worst, A's the hardest. I said, boom, give us A, right? I got Dawson, a bunch of his friends. We went 0 and 10. And so, <laughs> but here's what I was saying as the coach all the time. Hey, hey, if you guys will learn to dribble better, pass better, shoot better, play as a team, if you'll be a better individual, we got a better chance of winning, right? We never did, but... Here's what Pastor Peter is saying. Hey, 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 listen, you make these decisions. You individually. And you know what? We, as the church, we will become brighter, radiant. We will become a church that people go, huh, they live differently. And, and when all of us grow, all of us get stronger, say no to sinful desires and become set apart people. And everybody kind of goes, well, what's different about them? What's different? You, it's like, you're, you're like an advertisement, right? Yeah. Question is, is it a good one or is it not a good one? An advertisement for the king. What are you representing? What's it look like? Here's the desire. Jesus, be at work in me that I might be a saint which means holy ones, that I might be someone set apart that looks like you. Ruth Graham said, a saint is a person who makes it easy to believe in Jesus. Ah, you just look at him and go. Let me close with this. It's a famous story um, about Samuel Morrison, who was a missionary to Africa for 25 years. And he, the conclusion of spending 25 years reaching souls in Africa, he got on a boat to come home and this lifelong missionary, I mean, 25 years, ended up being on the exact same boat that President Teddy Roosevelt was on, which was an honor and cool. And when he arrived, there was, of course, big fanfare because Teddy Roosevelt had spent three weeks in Africa going on safaris and was on a vacation. And when he arrived home, all of a sudden, there was just fanfare. Everybody was, of course, as they should be, just celebrating as the president arrived back home and there was no one there to greet Samuel Morrison. He just slipped into his taxi and he began to just pray. And he said, God, I've spent my whole life. I, I, I didn't go for a vacation. And yet there's not one person to welcome me home. And he started just kind of like taking that to God in almost frustration. Not fair, God, not fair. It's a famous story because in a moment, he sensed the Holy Spirit say to him, son, you're not home yet. Here's the reality. Life's a breath. Your choices matter. The enemy wants to take you out. But there is one, the king of all kings. He's taken up residency in you. He's Lord of all. He's the one that does the work and he helps you moment by moment day by day, battle by battle, get transformed that we might shine bright the light of Jesus. And because of your life, there might be worshipers that glorify God in heaven. Amen. We pray with me. Father, we love you today. Your first place in our lives, your number one, change us, transform us, help us. 
broken. We're so prone to all of these things. And left on our own strength, we will fall so short. But we thank God that Jesus will be at work in us, transforming us. Holy Spirit, have your way in us. Help us. God, make us strangers and aliens in a foreign land where we value what Jesus values. We value what lasts forever. Do a fresh work in your people today. Would you just take one moment and would you just ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you one area of your life where you go, God, help me conquer that. Just one area. Father, I pray for my friends. Strengthen them with might in their inner man. Help us. Help us to live set apart. Strangers, foreigners, looking forward to the day that we stand before you. We love you today. If you'd like to give your life to Jesus today, you just want to begin a journey. You want to be in covenant relationship. I just want to invite you. Just pray this prayer. You and God at your seat, just right there. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I thank you for sending your son to die for me. Thank you that he paid the debt I could not pay. choose Jesus and give you my life save me heal me give me new life in Christ new creation have your way in me that I might spend eternity with you in Jesus name